Middle Cop! Hey, B! Hey, What a day, John. It couldn't have worked out more perfect. First day of August and the beginning of a new era here on Haber Middle Middle Cop. I uh, can't wait, man. Can't wait. Big day. Big year. 2021 has... Uh, has been good. I mean, every year's been good. Let's face it, since uh, Haber Middle Cop's been rocking and rolling. But 2021's been pretty special on getting, the uh, on, on the partner business and and content side absolutely. on the whole thing. Absolutely, it's been good for the podcast. It's been good, and thankfully, there's been some good content to uh, to build around. And we got a lot of people out there who've been jumping on board and maybe joining us new. Some of you, maybe some of you've been here from the uh, from the jump back in October of uh, 2016 when the podcast began. So. We're chugging along. A lot of people have been trying to guess what it is we're announcing today, a partnership that um, that we're very excited about, very proud of. And uh, I've gotten all kinds of stuff. So a lot of good guesses. Uh, all of them make me laugh. Nobody's gotten it right yet. And uh, so we're excited. we got some people watching on YouTube, and obviously um, you might be listening to this. Maybe you missed the YouTube, but you're listening to us on the podcast. So I'm having a baby. Show, are you showing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am, actually. I had some pizza for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, we got a big podcast today. It's actually, it's, it's perfect timing. The other reason it's perfect timing is because um, we uh, we got a lot of content, a lot of great content. We'll be going out to Niners practice this week. NFL practices all over the world are uh, underway. So this, this yeah. couldn't have timed out any better. I'm pretty sure the Hall of Fame game is this upcoming weekend, which is. is obviously John Lynch is getting week. inducted into the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> yeah, it's this week. Don't, wouldn't you imagine that a lot of people with the Niners head out there for that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you think Jed would be there? Uh, will Kyle Adam go? Peters, per, uh, Kyle be able to break away from practice? I'd, yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, just I mean, it's his GM, right? Uh, I'd, I would imagine. Back. I think Kyle would go, don't you? I it's do. his general manager. Yeah. Didn't Ant, who oh remember when Bochi missed ba- a baseball game for a uh, no it was yeah Bochi missed for something for somebody yeah for like, Trevor Hoffman Trevor Hoffman well remember Belichick two years ago in the sandals and the in the pants remember that for Randy Moss yeah that he took a if they're taking practice off for Randy Moss you would imagine your general manager who you spend every day with you got to go you got to go. Absolutely, you gotta yeah, go. I think you gotta go. So uh, this is exciting. I mean, we think that um, the company that we're gonna uh, announce here as our our partner for the football season is uh, perfectly. Uh, I mean, we we the, the, we love the company to begin with. We already know you guys love the company because they're number one in their category. And then um, and then the more we found out about it, John, the uh, the more and more we said, God, this is uh, this is this is this company is an inspiration to us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think sometimes and it's just kind of the way that since you and I have been running the podcast, sometimes things happen pretty organically. Uh, you know, you have the idea, you're like, let's make some hats. So we make some hats. And then a listener reached out. And listen, when you run a podcast, I would imagine it, a lot of people listening, you know, are part of not everyone works for, works for Google or Facebook, right? A lot of small businesses, any leads you get, you just kind of have to follow up. And we had a listener who was had the branding, you know, the company he works for. Uh, and then I did, maybe you forwarded me the email. You're like, what? I don't know. We, maybe we talked about it. We're like, it was in his email signature. (laughs) Yeah. So we reached out, we shot him an idea and uh, you know, kind of, uh, 
I wouldn't say a shot in the dark, but a little bit. Like we didn't a lot. Everyone that bought hats, we didn't know personally, uh, but you had to email us personally. And then we went back and forth. He kind of liked the idea. He shot it up the chain. He and hustled. It went away. Yeah, he yeah. hustled. And then it went away for like a week or two. And I vividly remember getting an email from their big, big agency. And I text you. I'm like, I think there might be something happening here, guy. And then we just kind of went back and forth. And then I would say, you know, a month or two later, we're sitting here. Right. Yep. It's all happened within probably 60 days. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe a little longer, I guess, when we first saw his email. Maybe 90 days. But, I mean, it hasn't been that long, right? Yeah, the, the hats were a, feel like a lifetime ago now that we were boxing those bad boys up and sending them out. But, no, I mean, it's for people that remember. 90 days that ago is like, like, like April. Yeah. yeah. When were the hats going? April? You know, again, like I said, feels like a lifetime ago. I yeah. can't remember There's that part of my life. a lot of stuff going on. So what do you think? Should we should we just uh, dive into yeah. it? Anything else? Well, I mean, we'll be talking about this these people a lot, these folks, this brand, this company. But we hope you guys are ready to support. That's we're gonna we're counting on you, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to welcome the presenting sponsor of Haberman and Middlecoff, the number one, the number one vodka, Tito's handmade vodka. Let's give it up for Tito. Hold on, John. Let me pull the uh, let me pull the the presentation off. There we go. We got Tito's. John, I'd also like to present to you, if everyone could raise a glass, I'd like to invent a drink today, Middlecoff. What do you think of this? I call, it a, I call it a ham and vodka. Pigs are pink. Pigs make ham. Ham and vodka, pink lemonade and vodka. What do you think? Mm. Uh, I, I absolutely love forgot it. The, forgot the ice. <laughs> I don't think this video right now is doing justice you saw this bottle? How yeah, let me show, just for reference, this is a normal-sized bottle. And then John has the extra big bottle. Oh, wait, hold on. We got to get the, the, the new presented by and the, and the logo. And then this is, you know, it also is going to coincide with the change of the podcast cover. The art is changing. There we go, John. That is what, it, that is what you're going to see now. That's what you're going to see now. So... We're very excited. Um, it's a big deal for us because I think some people, you know, you see we have a lot of advertisers and they're all fantastic and have supported us for a long time. But this partnership is different. You know, we've been we're almost to five years now of this podcast and um, we're lucky because maybe, you know, we had a, a start in that we had a radio show and we jumped right into the podcast and had some people early on that, that knew what they were doing and helped kind of show us the ropes of this. But um, in this podcast game for five years now, I think so, you know, for people to understand this, I think it's we have to really hammer this home just so you guys understand kind of how this thing works. Having a presenting sponsor is something we've been trying to do for almost five years since we started this podcast, for sure, right? We had ambitious goals. We were ready like day one, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't even think when we started, we quite understood the difference between having ads, which are awesome, and having partners, which are awesome, and sometimes... Sometimes an ad is like a one-week or two-week or three-week test trial. Sometimes you have bigger partnerships, like we've had historically with some other companies and still do, um, like DraftKings as an example. Um, we, we've had, but I, I don't want to start naming because I'll leave people out. But <laughs> I, I just, um, I think if I was sitting on the other side of this, I don't. Maybe it wouldn't quite resonate with me why a presenting sponsor, somebody who slaps their logo right on the front of the thing and says, "This whole thing we support." Um, for several months at a time in advance, and this is for football season. Um, that's different. Than, this is different than any deal we've done before, and we're very lucky 
with some of the deals that we've been able to do before. Yeah, and to me, the key is the alignment with the company, right? And our listeners, like we know our people. We are a show of the people, for the people, because we just are normal people. And we pride ourselves on that. This is a blue-collar show. We say that, you know, regularly because we really mean it. But honestly, I didn't know, like like most human beings that are alive, that drink alcohol. Like, I, I know what Tito's was. I've had Tito's and sodas. Or, you know, John Daly's, I've been kind of uh, operating that a little more into my repertoire, which underrated... Arnold Palmer is just a well-known drink, right? Especially in the sporting community. Sports Center, one of their best commercials, right, was Stuart Scott and Van Pelt when Arnold makes himself an Arnold Palmer. <sighs> but is there a better John Daly, who is, I would say, back when golf wasn't as mainstream pre-Tiger, was so famous. He has a drink that is vodka. You add it to the Arnold Palmer. It is fantastic. But to have Tito's on board, and then we learned a lot about the company, uh over the last several weeks about their owner who started from scratch, who had to struggle, who went several different industries trying to figure out what he was going to do, the oil business, the mortgage business, and then it just ends up he loved alcohol, he loved partying, and he loved creating the alcohol, and one thing led to another, and again, a little organically, like if you would have said five years ago when we started the podcast, you are right, like, we might have had ambitious goals, but we didn't really know what we were doing. Like most people, once upon a time, you have an idea, and then it just grows, and you go down different roads, and we get to where we're at with, like you said, the support of people, and you end up aligned with this company, and you go, God, we have a lot of similarities. They, it, Tito's, I mean, it's just, his name is Tito. Like, that's, it's, they didn't His last this name is Beverage. <laughs> Tito Beverage. He is still the sole owner of the company, and he just... I mean, you can YouTube him. He's a pretty incredible story. If you listen to yeah. this, Tito, I would love to meet you. We would love to meet you. We, we would, would love, love to talk to with you. You. <laughs> you are an inspiration. And I'm not just saying that because his company's part of our show now, but I swear to God, it's one of the more inspiring stories I've ever heard. We've been drinking Tito's. That's the other thing. It's an easy sell because we've been drinking Tito's. I told you the other day we had, we had lunch with uh, a guy who we've gotten to know a little bit now, quite a bit now, Devin Grigg, and he's the guy from Tito's that – uh, bought the ham hat and like the blue collar pod, Johnny's a blue collar. God damn it, guy. he believed in us first. He put guy. this deal together, <laughs> and he did believe in us. And uh, I went to a wedding in Montana a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling you guys we had lunch that the Thursday night I'm there at the bar, everybody's ordering Tito's. I'm like, okay, I've we've all been out to bars. We talk about bars all the time. That's not new to me. And then Friday, everyone's ordering Tito's. Saturday, the drinks, like, you know, there's like a drink, like, which drink do you want? There's two that one's the bride's, one's the groom. Tito's is, they just got handles of Tito's right there. And then we get to the airport. There was a 20, we ended up stuck in Bozeman, long delay at the airport. Everybody starts drinking John Daly's. So then we come back, I come back, <laughs> we have the lunch, we're sitting there uh in uh in oakland on the waterfront and we said well how about some some john daly's and now we're into john daly's all the time so here we go yeah i mean it's just uh it's it's awesome i mean i I can't i can't even just express how cool it is i mean seriously i mean just from our standpoint yeah it just doesn't get any better yeah right it's people listening know it's a big deal i mean you just it's a it's a powerful brand a unique brand an awesome brand Something that I know a lot of our listeners drink, 
right? Because who doesn't? A lot of people do. Numbers are in. They do well. They do well. And, and part of it is it's, it is the content, right? Like for Tito, at the heart of it, it's been about the content. Like it's award-winning vodka several times over, six times yeah. distilled in, in copper pots, John. More labor-intensive, but it's better. Um, and so uh, that's, I think that's part of the beauty of it is that it's, you know, it's, they put the labels on by, by hand. It's the, it hasn't changed much. It's pretty simple. And it's based on substance. So we're all Well, what did you it. tell me when you were in Montana? You guys were going to bed. I mean, you ended up getting stuck there. You were there like 15 days. You guys were drinking all day, out all night, and you never got hung over. I never had one headache. I, I'm telling you this. I, yesterday, played golf, in, uh, and I brought a bottle of Tito's. We I saw that good that, picture. We, we you bought, that you bought a bottle. We got a I bunch of Tito's. Yeah, we got a lot. And I just I, I went to CVS, bought it. Their price points are unbeatable. I think it was at CVS in Davis, California. It was $17.99. I felt not only fantastic, and I had a long day. Sun, fat firing, John Daly's, some uh, Tito's and sodas. I'm a Tito and sodas guy, but sometimes you just want a little flavor, so I would go, like, you can go lemonade is easy. But Tito's and soda, you can drink all day, go down smooth, and then you feel great the next day. It's... It's it's really hard to beat. I mean, anyone listening knows because I'm sure you've also had many Tito's and sodas. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. Whenever you're out in the Bay Area, order Tito's and sodas. That's the thing. You and can tell the bartender. Tell the guy, oh, there's not in the middle. Yeah, tell the bartender promo code ham. He's gonna be like, "What does that get you?" And the answer is <laughs> nothing. That's the, that's the other thing, right? This is not a promo code. This is just this is the presenting sponsor of the podcast um, for football season, and that's awesome. So, how do you support that? I get, I guess you send us some pictures of yourself drinking, send us your Tito's yeah. when you buy it, send us your photo from the bar. Um, I'd say Friday and Saturday night when you're out and about, but we know our people, they're out all the time. Yeah. When so, you're making you know. one at home too, right? <laughs> yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Monday night. Um, yeah, man. So we'll be talking about this a lot. We believe in it. We're fired up about it. We're, we're, we're really excited about it. I don't know how else to yeah. say it. Um, and it's, it's, it's been uh, it's been a journey, long way to go, but um, yeah. It I mean, an American company. We we've hyped this up on different other partners we've had, right? American company. Yeah, they're distilled and bottled in Austin, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. That's and right. trust me, it is very easy to savor that bad boy responsibly. So cheers to you, John. Cheers, cheers to Tito. Cheers to Devin. Cheers to everybody out there uh, supporting, whether you're watching live or, um, you know, listening later or watching later. You know when someone wins a championship, like you win the Lombardi and you host that Lombardi up? That's that's what I feel like right now. Good call. You know when they grab the cup and they're like, this is is for the cup? That's how I feel. Then you, if you see us on the streets, ask for a bottle. We might just have one in our trunk. Did you ever watch the program when uh, the running back, he was fumbling in practice? Who was the running back? He's uh, Omar Epps. Was it Omar Epps? I think. This, was this, you're talking about the movie or are you talking about like the ESPN TV show that got canceled? I'm talking about the movie, the football. Fumbling in practice, star young running back, freshman running back. Coach makes him carry the football on campus and then any player sees him on campus, they try to get it out. So one time in class, I, I might go just carry the empty, this enormous carry bottle, the bottle? everywhere I go. The thing is, that's yeah. real glass, right? That's not plastic, is yeah, it? Yeah, but I just mean like I go pick up a chicken at Safeway. It's just in my, you know, I go to, uh, you know, wherever I go. I'll just have it. The gas station. There's a middle cop, this. Yeah. Just always, you can put a string on it, just wear it. We, we got a lot of Tito swag. 
Yeah, it's, it's somebody said uh, uh, this comment here on YouTube from E King got to wear the uniform. Yeah, I mean, look, we're going to Niners practice. I don't. We hadn't talked about this. Are we? I plan on wearing the uniform out to Niners practice. Uh, do we go hat and polo? Maybe. I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going hat. The problem for the bald guy, the sun. I got to go. Ex- you got to go extra sunscreen from the back. You're lucky when you have you know the trucker hats. Remember when I went to uh, Bandon Dunes? I wore a trucker hat the whole time. My head was uh, came out like Stuart Sink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know it's not the best look. All right, so um, that's honored. This. It's a privilege. Yep. Thank, and, and you know I think we kind of said it, but I mean this sincerely. If you guys didn't listen, if this thing didn't grow, if you didn't share it, if you didn't have passion for it, if you didn't tell people about it, if you didn't interact with us, if you didn't support the sponsors that we've had over the years and still have then not to be cliche, but none of it's possible. So it's, this it's is really been a steady growth. Yeah. It's been a steady, a steady growth and a steady build. And um, we'll continue telling you about it. We'll continue thanking you for it. You know, maybe we'll, I, I got a few shirts. We can send some stuff out. I will figure some stuff out here. Give, give something out. Yeah. But I, a guy told me earlier, whenever he sees you out, he'll just buy you an immediate cocktail. Tell the guy if it's thanks. Tito's, it's on Middlecoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tito's on Middlecoff. <laughs> Just tell the bartender, put it on Ham's tab and walk away and see how that works out for you. <laughs> exactly. So, John, you know, normally in the podcast, we won't do this like, uh, you know, 15 minute presentation on Tito's every time. Though we'll be talking about them a lot and they're the presenting sponsor. Do we now read the ad, you think? Or was, was 15 minutes... Uh, I- I think that was the ad. I, okay, I yeah, know. I think so too. <laughs> I we'll figure so this too. out as we go. Yeah, we'll be we'll be uh, we'll be learning as we go. But welcome to Tito's, and uh, we could do an hour just just uh, talking about how fired up we are about it. But I guess we should dive into the podcast. There's a lot. Yeah, going see you guys on. Tuesday. <laughs> Can I play this one more time just because it was fun? The, the, yeah. That, that oh, hopefully, cool. by the way, if you downloaded the podcast, you you've got the new logo with uh, Tito's on there. Um, These hats are sweet. They are. This one's a Travis Matthew. Yeah, so's mine. The other one maybe is. Yeah. The polo's good. This is like the Bill Murray brand. Not uh, Bill a Murray's got that sweet. Feels yeah. good. We'll All take right. Bill Murray's brand too. All right, John. Should we dive into Kidding. it? Not really. Yeah, let's go. All right. This first segment is brought to you by guess who, John? Tito's handmade Tito's! vodka. <laughs> America's original craft vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof crafted to be savored responsibly. And why is timing so perfect? If you are a sports fan, which all of you are, you could not escape the news that it turns out that Trey Lance has looked pretty good in the early going of Niners practice. And we'll talk about what's ahead because, well, uh, pads come on on Monday and we're heading out there. But I, as someone who believed in Trey Lance when they drafted him and has believed in him since, and we've talked about it a lot, you were in that boat too, I did not quite expect the level of, oh my God, Trey Lance looks really good reports that we're getting out of uh, the first few days of Niners camp. Yeah, I just, Jimmy's not a great practice player. So when you're not a great practice player, he's going to throw some picks. Now, I would say over the last four years, he could have a bad practice. There was never anyone like, keep an eye for CJ. He's, he's putting the pressure on. Nick Mullins, like that didn't exist. So I, the, let's not forget, there were a lot of polarizing Jimmy Garoppolo practices 
in training camp the last several years. But they were in a vacuum just on Jimmy. So now Jimmy throws a pick six to Fred Warner on Saturday. That alone, right, if Trey Lance hadn't exist, would be a story. Hell, we might be open up the podcast about it. Now you have this element of the star first rounder who they traded all these picks to get is throwing bombs to their star young wide receivers. They have several times, and I'm not making too big of a deal on this. I, I'm going to assume, Kyle, every tweet that goes out for highlights of practice, Kyle is not like thinking too much about it and honestly might not be involved at all. Now, maybe Lynch or an Adam Peters, they, they run it through them just to make sure you know, something. But I, I don't think they're trying to be too secretive, like with a tweet. They have had several tweets since practice started of Trey Lance kind of highlights. Now they have, in the headline, wrote like, sweet play by Brandon Ayuk, and it'll be like a throw from Trey Lance. I'm not making too much of that. But, like, it's clear the snowball effect of there's this new guy that's making these sweet plays that, let's face it, people are going to want to see. And if Jimmy struggles, like, it's where's his headed? Yeah, I, like, it's it's not just the Fred Warner. I think more so the Debo Samuel pick that we read about. Again, we're going to be out there a couple of days this week, so we're looking forward to seeing it. But I think it's it's not just the results. It sounds like it's also the style, right? All the things that we talked about. Not And when I'm saying style, I don't mean Trey Lance running, which clearly got rave reviews. D'Amico Ryan's talked about how great it was. It's upside down. D'Amico Ryan's talked about how great it was. Uh, a couple Niner players talked about how great it was to get that look, RPO look from Trey. But it's about the aggressiveness of the throws he makes. And, and part of being aggressive is having the capability to be aggressive, right? You can make more aggressive throws when you have a better arm. And when I see the description of Garoppolo double pump, underthrows Debo Samuel, Jason Brett picks it off, to me that's the story of Debo Samuel to this point, is that Debo has been... It feels like mostly banished to being a glorified running back, which physically is not great for him because you have not been able to fully take advantage of his ability to get down the field. That skill set not only puts him in harm's way more often, but it just goes unused. So I think that's a big part of this. It's one thing for Jimmy not to look great. It's another thing for Trey's arm to look good. Like when we went to OTAs, there's not a lot of, you know, there's no live bullets, but you see that his arm looks strong. But if he's willing to step into this environment, which is pretty new for him, right? Here's the rookie stepping in. How comfortable, how ready to compete is he going to be? Only played one football game in two years, FCS level. Is that doesn't sound like for a second he's been intimidated. Like, I think it's as much that as it is any of this other stuff that he has stepped in. And it sounds like he's practicing the same way he'd practice as if he was year four at North Dakota State. One thing Kyle really hyped during OTAs. Like, this is not, there's no competition we're just teaching him the offense, and then he's going to get the 40 days to really figure it out on his own, take what we taught him, and then come back and we'll see what happens, right? I, it does feel like he took those 40 days, and, and I know you did. I definitely did. Got so many DMs from social media scouts like, God, you see Trey posting? He's on the grind. It's like, guys, I, it feels like every player is, but it is something to be said about a young player taking it pretty seriously stepping in ready to roll for an offense that historically can be a little difficult just for quarterbacks in general to just grasp right away. There's a lot going on. Remember when they traded for Jimmy? Now, granted, it was middle of the season. Kyle was like, it's unfair to throw him out there immediately. They gave him a couple weeks, and then he's like, we still had to put limited amount of plays. Obviously, Trey has had more time than Jimmy did in that short little period. But now, granted, as we're talking right now, they have yet to put on shoulder pads. So it's like... Essential part of the game. 
Yeah, I would say. As Belichick said a week ago, you can't get better at football without playing football. And there are differences in playing football, like one with helmet and one with just full pads. Now, even for a quarterback, there is also a huge discrepancy between practice and a game. You and I have been going to these practices. Hell, I mean, you've been going to football practices for what? I mean, close to a couple decades now, like when you got to Fresno State pretty early. Yeah. Like they, You do not, even mid-2000s when the rules were a little different, and Pat Hill ran like an NFL practice, you stopped when you got around the quarterback. And so the quarterback knows... I don't know how long, like, was there ever a time in like 1982 was this live bullet for the quarterback? I mean, there had to be a time, right? In the 70s, there maybe. had to be, but then you realize really practice. quick, we only got like two of these guys. <laughs> they know, though, right? The I'm not just talking, obviously the defenders know. Except one time, wasn't it Hard Knocks? Uh, a quarterback got hit. I think it was Todd Haley in Cleveland, and he freaked out. And they started yelling at each other. Remember, don't touch the fucking yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... The quarterback knows that. So, like, when I hear, like, he's stepping up in the pocket. Well, yeah. And I, I'm not well, trying that Zach to Wilson anything that's going on. I saw you retweet. It was a beautiful throw and a great catch by the Jets. What's the name of that new Jets receiver they El- love? Elijah, Elijah Moore Elijah from Ole Miss, their second-round pick. But I remember I, the first time I watched the video, I was like, where'd the ball come from? I, I couldn't even tell, like, how long he was back. There's, like, 30 people around Zach Wilson. You know, is that play getting made? It, it just... It, when I see something, for example, like a Russell Wilson type play in practice, I'm not, I haven't seen that, but I'm just saying, like when I see that, like I know that's possible, right? If he's scrambling, Herbert, the video where he's kind of scrambling to his right on the move, it's like I've seen that in games. Until I see, and again, I'm not trying to poo poo this. I want Trey Lance to start Week One. My, my mind says, what the fuck are we waiting for? Let's just put all the chip. If it is like, if it's a tie, if it's a tie, like tie goes to the runner, tie goes to Trey. Right. You just you have all these contracts right now that are in your favor. You might as well let it rock and roll. Now, we do have to see him play against a live rush. You and I broke it down over the summer. Maybe it was a couple weeks ago. I'm losing track of time. He does look good when he was at North Dakota State. His one year starting part of the reason he got drafted this high. But I just what does he look like in preseason games? Just what does he look like after the first time he gets hit? I mean, these are things that Kyle would be the first to tell you. I was watching a Matt LaFleur practice or a press conference the other day, and they asked him, like, give us your top five young guys so far in practice. He's like, guys, we're not trying to – you got to be careful. Like, I think coaches get very uncomfortable. Is that an NFL.com article well. that LaFleur is writing? <laughs> <laughs> They're just anointing everybody just because it's like we, we, we've been doing it for four days, right? The season is long. Yeah. So it's, it's a balancing act, right? There's no question. And there's an appetite for Trey Lance too, right? Um. But well, I people think, want him to start week one, right? If, if you gave a poll right now, would you want Trey Lance to start week one or not? What would the poll be? 99 to one, like percent? Yeah, it depends if you've got a Garoppolo family member in the in the poll somehow, if they infiltrated. What, what would you vote? Yeah, Trey Lance. That's <laughs> yeah. what we all want to see. Yeah. You know, I, um, I go back to, you say, like, tie goes to the runner. I mean, like, it doesn't have to be a tie for there to be a – a competition, right? Trey Lance doesn't have to be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo for Kyle Shanahan then to have a quarterback competition. He just has to prove ready for it. And when I think about what Kyle Shanahan, a couple things. One, and we've talked about this long before the draft, Trey Lance is not a normal rookie walking into Kyle Shanahan's offense. This is not Jared Goff coming to the NFL having never taken a snap from under center. This is a guy who's done many of the things that translate to Kyle Shanahan's offense and had a lot of responsibility put on him by his college coaches. So that's first. Second, and we've talked about this a lot too, you go back to 
Robert Griffin III's rookie year when, again, a different level of prospect, at least viewed that way coming in based on his college production and where he played. He'd won the Heisman, right? But as a rookie, Kyle Shanahan's offense suddenly became different, and it was game on for RG3. He was the offensive rookie of the year. And, and I don't think any of this conversation is some of the limitations that Robert has as a passer, Trey Lance has. That's not what we think. That's not what people think. So you wouldn't necessarily, I don't think the belief is you'd have to go full RG3 if you're going to do it and run basically like, you know, versions of three different plays, whatever it was. But I think there's a lot there. I Having had that experience, right, we're not talking about a coach who is afraid to adjust to a rookie quarterback and is unsure whether or not he can win with a rookie quarterback. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we talk a lot about who Kyle trusts in terms of players, but I don't think we're talking about a guy who just naturally distrusts a rookie quarterback if that guy's willing to show him that he's ready to play. It's weird to call Jimmy a crutch for Kyle because ultimately Kyle just showed that he's, if anything, he's the opposite because they just went up to get a quarterback in despite of Jimmy. But like having Jimmy does just make it a little easier if you don't, if you just don't feel quite ready week one. You don't have to force it. Right. And also, I, you know, you know, what's the saying in football? If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Yeah. Now it's been proven. It works in college kind of a little different. Obviously in the NFL, that's not a formula. You have one quarterback. I do think when you have a completely different skill set with a young guy, you could kind of platoon him in. Like, you know, it could go from not just a play, but like a series, right? And I do think way more options are on the table than, you know, Taysom Hill breeze when Taysom would just come in for a couple plays. And it was clear, like he'd run like a sweep and then he'd run like a play action deep bomb. I think Trey, you could just be like, just give him the series, right? You can do whatever you want. Yeah, that's, And Kyle's that's, proven, Kyle's proven he can do, like back to RG3, but... Even with Jimmy, like Jimmy's limping around, just yank him, right? So it's just, I, I said it from the jump when Kyle made the statement, I guess it was the day before practice started, like Jimmy is our starting quarterback. It, it, it does not matter what any coach ever says in, in July because that is the thing to say, right? Especially because he's not, Kyle, coaches are the opposite of, it's not just saying that because he believed it, but too, like you just don't, a young guy has to earn his stripes, has to earn the respect in the locker room, Right, so it's just that's what you say, but that. Doesn't and if you're mean paying Jimmy I mean, Garoppolo, you might as well, you know, get, for sure. But that that statement can turn into well, things have changed in a week and a half because things can change. And, and who, you know, listen, you don't go to Aaron Rodgers because you think he's going to nail every evaluation. But players do like part of his like I'm here with these guys. Players do know. Right, Debo's going, God damn, you see this guy throw? <laughs> you know, Ayuk's like, hey, you see that? You know, Trent Williams going, like, I kind of like blocking for this the guy. The defensive and players go, oh, my God. Fred Warner Fred Warner goes, coach, I, I wouldn't want to play against that guy. Yeah. What did you say? Didn't D'Amico say something? Well, D'Amico, D'Amico said two things. One, he was saying that he's like, Fred's just reading Jimmy's eyes. <laughs> but he also said just it's such a it's so great for our guys to get these RPO looks from Trey Lance because they face some of that. And so to have a guy who can really run it, you know, is a major benefit to the defense. Let's face it, running quarterbacks have destroyed... Now, they have success in the NFL in general. They've destroyed the Kyle Shanahan 49ers over the years. Even remember the Super Bowl year, Lamar was a problem for them. Yeah. Like, they just... Kyler's been a problem. Even at times, I'd say... Would you say running or just mobile, right? Like... Yeah. That's what... Yeah. I don't necessarily even mean running. I'm saying, like, not just... Yeah, yeah. Not just the... Yes. Not just the Lamars. But that's a problem for everybody. Yeah. it's, 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 It's what you need now. So, um, 
man, there's so much to dive into here. Daniel, by the way, on YouTube says, dude, Tito's is literally the best vodka. Is this the new partner? Let's drink to celebrate. Yes. He said Titus, though, but now he's changed it to Tito's. <laughs> Fernando Tito's on the DL IL again. Um, all right. So what does Trey Lance have going for him? I mean, I think that's a part of this discussion is like what what puts him in position to succeed if this is really going to turn into like you said, pads don't come on until Monday, so we'll see what this turns into. But if, if this is going to turn into something, why could it work? And part of it, right, is a big part of it is that this is not a team that's built around making the quarterback do everything. It starts with the coach, but also from a personnel standpoint, he just has help, potentially. Well, he, he has help, but this is, gets back to the funny picture of Mac Jones in number 50 at Patriot Camp. And the reason that this podcast was adamant, now granted, I would say all of the internet did not want Mac Jones as the Niner, but a huge reason for anyone that had like a, a, a well-thought-out take on the situation was physically his ability was limited. So he was going to, you would bring him, like if he was here and what he's doing in New England, it's like, can he outthink everybody? That was going to be what he hung his hat on. Can he outthink him? So right away, Trey Lance is like, well, he can just do things that the other guy can't do. So right away, they add... Alex Mack, they had Josh Bank, or excuse me, I keep calling him Josh, Aaron Banks. They had two running backs that have been, I mean, they're already rotating with the ones right away, that you make it easier in the run game. And then what, he can also run with them? Like, are, can you input some throwback RG3 type plays from like 2011 with these guys and the running backs? Like that's To me, Kyle's already coached that. Like you said, one curveball that Kyle has his offense has been very specific, right, for the last post-RG3. He's like, God, I don't want to do that at all. And then I think he's realized that when you go all in, because, listen, like, having you had Matt Ryan, but for the most part it was Hoyers, Jimmys, like, it, it wasn't guys as good as that, that you needed some guys to make plays with their feet and just like you said, not even running past the line of scrimmage, just keeping plays behind, uh, alive behind the line of scrimmage. With then the threat, like nothing's there, nothing's there, take off, get me 10, and keep the chains moving, that he immediately can just add, like, he's a part of the running game. Like, Jimmy is not, Jimmy hands the ball off, which you could say the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom's not a part of the running game, right? Or Peyton never was. Now, they where they hang their hat is like, their play-action fakes are incredible, right? And, and But that's just, they, they are no threat to run. So it actually really shows in this modern game how great those guys are in the pocket. Like, Jimmy's just not, right? Jimmy's just a, an average NFL starting quarterback, which, again, 18 to 12 on a given day, right? Sometimes he's 12, sometimes he's 18. When you can run your off days, and this is what you say, like, Kyler Murray, it's clear how just his physical attributes, when he's even off throwing the ball, he can just, if he gets you 60 or 70 yards on that given game with his legs, I mean, guy, that might be five first downs. Where when Jimmy's off throwing the ball, like you're just you're you might go three and out two or three extra times that you wouldn't have with the Kyler is even the high end, but just a Deshaun whoever, just a Josh Allen, a, a Mahomes who can just keep like oh nothing's there. It's what Gruden really like, Derek. I need you to add like you ran a four seven five. Like you can move a little bit, run. I don't want you running every play, but look to keep extend plays with your legs. I, I really think that's kind of where I, it gets overstated a little bit in sports like baseball, basketball, and football. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. Because I, I think we always want to jump at that opportunity. Sometimes it's clear, right? In baseball, home runs, 
just swinging for the fence and strikeouts aren't that big a deal. In basketball, it's a three-pointer. Which basketball is also, put, well, is it bad if your 6'10 guys can run and shoot in addition to standing around the basket and blocking shots? I, I think people are really, really looking for it. And you just see the quarterbacks that are consistently coming out, guys who are athletic right. at the quarterback position. Now, granted, that's just kind of what college, the number one overall pick, really, I'd say the two best prospects, wouldn't you say, the last decade, Luck and Lawrence, they're known as great quarterbacks, but a huge part of their game are their legs. Yeah, and right? I, is, is it just as simple as 15 years ago, less kids who were 6'5", if they were the tallest person at their high school, dribbled. They put them under the basket, post up, get some rebounds, block some shots. Then the game changes. People evolve. Coaches start letting their tall player dribble and handle the ball outside of the key and shoot if they're able to. And then you start working on those skills as a 10-year-old when you're tall and a 12-year-old when you're tall and a 30. And your most athletic player doesn't have to be your receiver, your running back, right? We got a, we already got a quarterback. Why don't we put this athletic kid out here? We go, no, running is a bigger part of the quarterback game so we can utilize him more. as a. And now there's just more of those guys. It's You're right. It's absolutely been – it's not like GMs are sitting around going, there's only five of these guys. Let's only find those five. I think there is a bigger pool to choose from. Now, at the end of the day – the one thing that has not changed, there's just a finite of a finite number of yeah. elite quarterbacks. Yeah, you got it. You still have to be able to make that throw on third and nine with a guy coming at you. But, but I, I think spot. one thing that's happened, and this is not so much about Trey, what we're talking about here, but this is about more about Jimmy. But because Jimmy's been hurt so much, there is then, but, but there is sometimes what is said is, well, remember, health is his number one issue. And I'm someone I've been pro, very pro Jimmy over the years. I think we have, I speak for myself. I definitely have. I thought he was about to take a massive step um, a couple of years ago. But let's not forget that it's not all been smooth when he was healthy either. Last year, the season started, he was healthy and did not look great. Now, as you pointed out, historically not been a great. He has not started seasons well. But before he got hurt last year, we were having a conversation about whether or not he was getting better or regressing. Now, it happened for like a week and a half because two weeks because then he got hurt. But I think that gets forgotten sometimes. And maybe that's more from a national level. Maybe you weren't as in the weeds with him as maybe the people who are around it watching every day are. But this is not just a health issue. This is also a performance issue. So I know it's easy to – but whatever. None of that matters. Trey Lance is on the team now, so it's irrelevant. Um, but the other thing, and you, you sent this to me, and I, I read this as well, if he's going to run a little bit. The offensive line this year, Barrows wrote about the weights of this offensive line this year. Trent Williams, 328. McGlinchey's added 25 pounds to 315 or 320. Alex Mack, the center's at 311. Aaron Banks is at 325. So this is just, it's a beefier group in front of him. Now that potentially helps Jimmy more uh, as well. But if Trey's going to run the ball a little bit, this ain't a bad thing. Well, and, you know, you and I have done videos, and obviously, I mean, everyone watched Trey Sermon. I mean, he is a big back. Elijah Mitchell, who probably not as many people have seen, I think you'll see him immediately in tra- in uh, the preseason games. He runs. I, I, I have to, I'm fascinated to see him in person. Yeah. But he runs like a violent back. Like, to me, I, they clearly, and this is, you know, I, I would say a defining attribute of this offense, and it carries over to all the guys. Like it starts with the Shanahan family, but Lafleur, they drafted AJ Dillon last year. Remember, after part of the reason Aaron, there was so much anger at the draft. It wasn't just Jordan Love. Their second pick was a running back. He's huge, AJ Dillon. They want to smash you, 
you know, the Rams, they, they ideally, they, they want to run the ball. The Niners want to pound the Browns the ball. I know that's not a uh, NFC West team. But. but but Stefanski, I mean, he runs the offense. Yep. They want to slam it down your throat. Uh, the, the Vikings now have really run the scheme with Kirk Cousins. They have Dalvin Cook and... Uh, Forget the guy's name. He actually just graduated. I saw from Boise State. Someone sent me the video. The dude from Boise State. He's like their third round pick a couple years ago. He runs his ass off. Number twenty five. He's a good player. So I think his last name starts with an M. But you just a violent running game is a huge element to help the quarterback out, especially when the quarterback is a runner. I'm looking for your guy. Um, yeah, I mean. Number I, you know what's going to happen if Trey Lance at some point in time when Trey Lance plays, we're going to have to have a conversation, John. It's going to come up because he's going to be effective as a runner, and then we're going to start having a conversation about like, well, do you really? How much do we want him running? This is the inevitable conversation that you have because unlike you know, there are going to be it's going to be very appetizing to create um, design. Alexander runs Madison, at general Man. General Madison. So we had General Patton. We had General Madison. Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison. Um, with two oh, what happened was is a guy that follows me on Instagram is a Boise State student. Madison is I, he came out early, I think, or he hadn't graduated. Is in his class online, and he's just there, like on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, in, on a Zoom class, like thirty people. <laughs> he took a picture. Can you get a and send it to me? That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. You know, student athletes guy, not athlete student. Good point, Joe. Good point. All right. Uh, before we go any further, John, let's tell the people about our friends at DraftKings promo code HAM. The games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free. I said free. To play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo, offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. Yep, guys. It's, it's uh, free to play pools. They're easy to enter. Just download the app. Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests. Listen, I got it on my TV. You got it on your TV. I want to see my mom. She got it on her TV. You just turn on the TV anywhere you go. Olympics yeah. are on, guy. Questions will range from medal count to questions specific to the U.S. team. All you have to do is answer some of those questions. Pretty easy to do. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit, withdraw your money at your convenience. I wouldn't know about the withdrawal guy would because he's won several times. A uh, good DraftKings player. Get on it right now. DraftKings, download the app, promo code AM. Yeah, get in the Haberman of Middlecoff DraftKings League, too. Golf majors coming up. Football season coming up. It's going to be a blast. Download the app. $50,000. Your free shot at it in total cash prizes every day of Tokyo's games. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. That's DraftKings promo code HAM. Xander, you see Xander won the gold? I did see Xander won the gold. Who is making all the Olympians hats? Like, why did their hats... The the Americans were were fitted, but, like, some of these guys are wearing, like, the kind with, like, a Velcro that goes through a loop, and it just is all bunched up in the back, and good for Rory. I saw you had a great post. Like, Rory's like... (laughs) Uncle Phil pays him too much. I guess he never wears... I guess he never wears uh, hats in international play. I love that. That's very, very <laughs> Irish. Rory's sneaky. I mean, I think he's like a couple years younger than us. Has a lot of gray hairs. He's got a salt and pepper, like, but he wears it well. No, he does. It's a good look. It happens, you know. How, do you have you avoided that? No, I got a few. You don't have, but you don't color your hair, do you? Yet? <laughs> no, not not yet. Well, but you don't even. I, a lot of people like our age are much farther along. You're pretty good. 
No stresses in your life. It's, I'm, say, high, I'm stressed all the time. I don't. I know. That's crazy. Uh, You've. You got a good head of hair. You, do you, know? you do you get any grays in the in the beard? Or well, guy, if I if I grow this out two or three days, I, I feel like I get I would be pretty gray. You look like Einstein. Not quite there yet, but it's it. I bet by the time I'm 45, it's majority white. Did you see they discovered this weekend or the other day that something that Einstein guessed? Well, I guess his theory of relativity got proven again, but something about light coming off of black holes. Einstein said it in 1921, and they finally proved him right the other day. Pretty incredible. Uh, well, I mean, breaking so, news, he's smart. We should start making right. some predictions for 100 years from now that, <laughs> you know, the world can the world can enjoy. Al- Albert uh, had some brain cells. He knew date. what he was talking about. Do you Tra- know anything that Albert said? Because I don't, really. Uh, e equals MC squared. Yeah, I don't know. I what keep that it on means. my chalkboard. So, a uh, podcast also brought to you by butcherbox.com slash ham. You ready for this? You know what you get right now? Butcherbox.com slash ham. Two five ounce lobster tails and two 10 ounce ribeyes for free with your first box at butcherbox.com slash ham. Guy, right now, Butcherbox is offering new members, like I said, two free. We got to hammer this home. Lobster tails and free ribeyes, butcherbox.com slash ham. So you can share high quality surf and turf meals with friends. Imagine just inviting somebody over and you're like, what are you guys eating tonight? Burgers, hot dogs? No, we're going surf and turf. Surf and turf. Uh, right now, butcherbox.com guy th- delivers humanly sourced meat of your choosing. Obviously, they have a lot of options. You and I have used them before. You get all sorts of meats, fishes, chickens, uh, burger. They got it all. Each box ships with uh, 9 to 11 pounds of meat packed fresh, shipped frozen. Mm. You and I have both received the package yes, before. Have. The frozen thing, it's sweet. Making it simple to store in the freezer. It'll fill up your freezer fast. You make a couple orders. I know our buddy Brian Hawkins yeah. is a loyal, loyal butcher box user. You know, it's how he keeps that physique, you know, a lot of proteins. He orders butcher box all the time. He just, you know, keeps the meat on rotation. You know what goes good with 11 pounds of meat, John? <laughs> yeah. Vodka uh, soda. It's, it, look, man, this is awesome. <laughs> you can only get this special deal when you sign up for a new membership. The process is simple. You sign up, you choose a box, delivery frequency. They offer four curated box options and a custom box that lets you choose your favorite cuts. Then they ship you the box. Frozen at peak freshness. Made it a double. Uh, and you enjoy high-quality meat delivered to your door. Amazing meals together. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Yep, that's butcherbox.com slash ham for free lobster tails and ribeyes in your first box. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! By the way, John, somebody, maybe we can help this person out. AJ on YouTube says, speaking of hats, anyone know where you get those sick tan SF hats that Trent Williams and Trey Lance have been wearing in recent videos? I do not, but I bet somebody can help AJ out on that. I, I really kind of like the Niners hat, white one that uh, Kyle wears. Oh, the, 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 the script? Yeah, just the white with the red lettering. It, it, looks, a good it look. looks pretty good. It's, I mean, not quite as sweet as our Tito's uh, hats and our new Tito sponsor, but it's pretty solid. Are they wearing this? They're doing throwback jerseys yeah, the, this like year. Like those old 75th anniversary <laughs> jerseys? Yeah, those don't suck. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to practice this week. They let us in again. They, they did. Well, I mean, you know, some teams let us in to practice, guy. Some teams, at least last time we checked in, do not. We haven't checked in a while. No, we haven't. Uh, so what are we looking? What, what are we looking forward to? Let's make a list here of uh, people we're looking forward to seeing. When we go to, but we got a checklist. We go with things to watch for. You know, we're not out there just 
glad handing. We're here to work. Okay. I like bullshitting a little on the side, but uh, I, I can't lie. You know, I've been, I've been it might be my a, favorite uh, part. <laughs> yeah, I might, I, I've been doing it pretty consistently for, you know, going on about 13 years now. Uh, I, I would say, obviously, the quarterback. I mean, that's number one. No questions asked. Uh, and not necessarily Jimmy. Like, I've seen Jimmy. I know what I'm getting. I'm expecting a pick. I'm expecting, like, oh, some, you know, Jimmy rolling with the ones. But today, it's Trey Lance's clear number one. To me, number two, I... Listen, a buddy, a guy that I lived with for a little bit in college, his girlfriend used to call me Judging John. That was, she always thought she's Judging John. She always thought I was judging people. And I'm like, you know, and then I turned my career into a scout, and now I talk about people with my opinions. Ain't wrong. It's kind of, uh, she kind of nailed it. I, and one thing scouts and front office people do, and they can only really tell their other scouts, and definitely like probably the owner with the GM, is they do a lot of judging of the coaches, right? Of the assistant coaches. And I listen, just because you scream or just because you don't scream, if you've been, it's like this in high school football, college football, and the NFL, it's no different. You can't judge a coach just by the way he talks, right? How loud he is, how loud he's not. Whatever, you know, Robert Sala was jumping all over the place. I bet if you went to a Patriot practice, Belichick never gets that loud, right? But, like, you just are going to watch a guy who is now in charge of the defense. And that is a position, I would say, typically, like most guys aren't like Belichick. It is a more aggressive side of the ball, right? Where just that coach, I would say Fangio wasn't as loud, but you felt his presence. You know, the Ken Nortons, Del Rios, they, they were pretty loud. Uh, I You know, Asala definitely was on the high end, right, of the energy. You just felt him at practice. He was always, and he was... He would be high five in offensive, like he was just in involved. Right. I'm just fascinated, D'Amico, just to watch D'Amico be the guy that like he's got a walkie-talkie or he's talking to Fred, like he's the he's the man in charge. Right, right. Which which he was as a player, right? It's not the leadership, but it's it, you know as a player, I don't think it was ever said that he was like the big rah rah guy. But I think the beauty of this, right, is that he's been in the building; they know what to expect of him. And I don't think you're to your point. No one's saying he's got to be that guy. He just has to be himself. And the question is, does it work? I think, you know, you think about judging, like we judged hard. You remember the assistant coach? We we went to practice uh, probably like three, four years ago now. And we're like, this, are they, are they listening to this guy? Right. He's running around. I remember did you, watching. Did you start that? And I got on board. Uh, it was me. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff Halfley was the DB coach, yeah. the secondary coach. Uh, and I remember watching him like talk to Jimmy Ward. I think it was. I'm like, I don't think they're listening to this guy. Like, I, like he's yeah, he's running around high five. I'm like, I don't think they're listening. Well, it turned out they like him, and it turned out the Niners like him, and then it turned out Ohio State liked him, and then it turned out he got high, he's a head coach at college football now. He went. I, he's fast. pretty high. He's pretty high level guy. He is. Think, I've watched him on the the um, like the thing that they do ESPN the college football where they've got the championship game. They have a couple coaches. I think he's been on that. I'm like, God, I like this guy. Watched a couple I of his press conferences. I, I like. I, him. I'm rooting for him. Same. <laughs> Yeah. Plus, it makes that story funnier. Um, but that's a good one. D'Amico Ryans. I like that, John. I'm going to go. Uh, well, I think another obvious one is not necessarily how he looks in practice, but just does he practice A or B? And if so, does he walk off healthily? Uh, that's Nick Bosa. But I'm going to go um, Ambry Thomas. I mean, you know, I think one thing we've talked about a lot is depth at wide receiver. 
you've got two clear cuts, Ayuk and Debo. And then what next? Is it Sanu? Is it Richie James? Like I could say, let's go watch the battle for the third receiver thing. But I'd rather see Ambry Thomas lined up against good receivers and see how he hangs. Because I think for this team, we've talked about it for a few years now, just trying to find, they've been trying to find that guy at corner. Um, the Jason Verrett thing really worked out, but you can't necessarily plan things that way. And I think it's if he can hit, if he can really be a starting corner for this team quick, they use draft capital on him. I think it's a big deal. So that's a guy I can't wait to see. Yeah, I mean, to me, when the pads come on, I, one position you can really feel a little bit more are running backs, right? Just because you just start, pads start popping. The, the line of scrimmage is kind of being set. Right. I mean, that is that first two steps from both sides of the ball, probably not quite like a game because they are your teammates. But it gets it gets pretty physical, especially guys, newer guys on both sides of the ball. If you're Aaron Banks, if you're a guy, a defensive lineman trying to make the team, how do Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon like how hard are they hitting the hole? Because if they are hitting the hole as well as I think it's gone in this offseason, like those guys are going to play a shitload. You know, if if you told me that the combination, if the Niners running game is what Kyle envisions it being, is it crazy to think like those two could combine for nine, ten touchdowns? One guy four, the other guy six or something like that? No, I mean, look, I think so. Because they don't they don't really use him to carry the ball that much. Right. Use check. Yeah. Yeah, we've I mean, just seen over really, the years. There have been opportunities for a lot of guys and Kyle's offenses with the 49ers because guys get hurt. So, yeah, I don't think that's crazy at all to find, you know. I mean, because well, also, if you think about Mozart, he's clearly, I mean, they got to get him to games. That was, I think, a problem last year. And I saw Kyle when he talked after practice on Friday, I think. And he said, you know, they, they asked him, like, well, are these guys already your starting running backs? He's like, well, we're just, we're not going to ask Mozart. Like, we know what he, we've got there. We have to keep him healthy coming into the season. To me, he... Not that he can't, but he's more of a 20 to 20 running back just because of his speed, his ability to hit big plays. When I get to the, you know, not just the red zone, but I'd say 10 and in, I like the two rookies running style a little more than him, right? I, especially Sermon. I mean, the way he's built, the way Elijah runs. Like, I, I think those guys, you know, uh, the fantasy guys are always big on, like, if you follow a bunch of them on, like, on Twitter things that are said during camp, because they tell a lot. Like, we love this guy in the red zone. We love this guy on third down. And the, the Niners, because they have so many running backs, are always a tough team to figure out fantasy-wise. They do have specific roles, though, I would say, in Kyle's offense for, they like Fred Wilson, you know, I'd say the last couple of years, or excuse me, Jeff Wilson. Down Seven by the touchdowns line. last year. Yeah, three so in a just, game. But. but you just pick guys that you feel like, they just their skill set translates to, like, Ideally, if you have like a McCaffrey or a Zeke or whoever, like he just gets all the Dalvin Cook. But the Niners, like they they operate a little differently. And I think one of these guys can really establish himself. Like we get within the ten yard line, like we're handing this guy the rock when they're in goal line defense. Because I would say goal line defense, like if I'm at the three yard line, right, and it's second and three or second and goal, like I, Mozart probably isn't my running back. I'm going to and I listen. I'm a Mozart fan. Like if it's First and 10 at the 50, like I'm running sweeps and running zone stretch plays for him. I get to the, you know, inside the five yard line. I, I hopefully one of these two guys, like, this is my guy. Yeah. Slam it. Well, I think if anybody hasn't seen, go just go to YouTube and pull up Elijah Mitchell highlights and you'll see like a style of running back that he feels like he might be the guy. Looks like he? a Kyle running back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think a lot of these are always like trying to answer questions. 
But this is sports. I want to be entertained. Brandon Ayuk, like, I don't have any questions about Brandon Ayuk. He's going to have a huge year um, as long as he's healthy. That Maybe that's the only question. Is, is he healthy all year? But I just want to watch him because he's sweet. Like, I just want to have – we'll, we'll see. We're going to be there for two days. We're going to see Brandon Ayuk do, do some cool shit. Like, that's guaranteed. And, and listen, this is more of like a passion project to just to keep an eye on this guy. But it is kind of crazy that this guy's career could just be over if he's cut is Josh Rosen. Like, did this guy go from the 10th overall pick? I mean, and everyone talked about him in draft. You know how big quarterbacks are in draft circles. He was one of the more famous college quarterbacks for several years. But wasn't his freshman year where, like, is this guy going to be the number one overall pick in the draft? (laughs) And it's just, if it, guy, I don't think it's out of the realm possibility if by the middle of this training camp, he is the fourth quarterback like Sudfeld's beat him out, and who knows? Like the Niners going to keep three quarterbacks? Maybe they do, and they don't keep Josh as one of them. Like, is it over now? I know he might get a practice squad gig or what, but that's just he is never going to play in the. In NFL. terms of like really competing, having an opportunity to be a backup, which you know was kind of when he got to San Francisco, that's part of what it was. Been a lot of places. Yeah, <laughs> feels like it. I mean, he was drafted in eighteen, so this is eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. This is year four. We've seen a lot of fall from graces with like high second round picks that are famous, right? Like a Kaiser, a Hackenberg, a, a name, but he's drafted 40th, right? And just within three or four years, it's clear. This has to be in our time doing this. And I would say definitely just this past post Jamarcus Russell kind of crumble. One of the quickest top 10 picks at quarterback to just be done. Like you said, 2018. That's nuts. What makes it so unique is that he was the tenth pick, not pick thirty. What makes it so unique is that his team drafted a quarterback, not just in the first round, but at the number one the next year. Yeah, right. That's what makes it. That's what helps. I think it's not like he was in under normal circumstances. You'd be in Arizona for at least two, three years, right? It accelerated the process for sure. But for it to go from well, maybe the Cardinals. Okay, they just had to pick Kyler. To no, he, he's not the back. He can't even be the backup somewhere else. That part's pretty crazy. But but it's hard. Like if I told you, the other four guys, right, had been in that position, it feels like clearly they all would have found themselves in a spot. Like of the five, beside Josh, Lamar and Josh, it went really really well. Baker turned it around relatively quick once he got a real head coach. Sam is probably the worst of those four. And boom, he was so much better. And he's just obviously more athletic, drafted a little higher, but like he clearly right away, like someone was going to make him the starter when the Jets punted on him, right? Yeah. And he even was, Baker he, was fine as a rookie. Yeah. I mean, better than fine, probably. I, it, honestly, it feels like the league, just, if you just pull a random executive. What do you think of Josh Rosen? I think most of them immediately come back like, yeah, he's just not any good. Yeah, why? why? Again, you're not talking about a guy who's going to be your backup quarterback. And he, even uh-huh. if it weren't for Trey Lance, I don't think he'd be in that position. But, guy, the thing is, I don't think he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. So he's not even a top 64 quarterback in the league. Isn't that pretty nuts? He can't be the 64th quarterback in the NFL. And we know how terrible they are. It's wild. It's sad. I, I just watched, I consumed, I know you did too, so much of his career at UCLA. And I'm not like holding on for dear life because I, I was wrong. I, I thought I loved him. I know. Loved was strong. I thought he was a really good player. I know. There, there was, and there was so much, you know, if, if it doesn't, if he, if it ends, 
part of that story is that he was never in one spot for long, never could stick with a coaching staff, with a team. But, you know, it's hard to identify. Is that a reflection of just the places he's been? This is a pretty stable place to be, the San Francisco 49ers. And I think we've seen some Pac-12 quarterbacks, yeah, like Leinert and and Sanchez are guys that careers kind of ended quickly, you know, accelerated to the end fast. But it felt like we saw so much more of those guys than Josh's career. He just had his one rookie year on one of the worst, te- the worst team in the league, and then it just ended. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier when the guy's a starting quarterback for a few years, and you just get to watch it and go, okay, this is what it is. This is what he is. Good pro. Whatever. But you never really even got to do that with him. No. I mean, Sean Mannion's still in the league. Sean Mannion was a good college player. But but not. I mean, no one would have picked Josh Sean Rosen. Mannion over Josh Rosen, right, in college. Maybe. Sometimes I mean, it's better if you're not a starter to just never play and just just chill. I'm totally. Just, you, just, but you, you, know, you got to win the backup job. though. You got to win the backup job. So you clearly got to get an in with an offensive coordinator slash head coach and then just be the backup for a while and pray that guy never gets hurt. Because the moment you get thrust to like Chase Daniel and you're like, oh, wait, this guy actually is terrible. Then you just get out of the league. Like no one will touch you. But if you can just be Mannion, like when's the last time Mannion... Played a real game. Like, I don't even know. And, like, no one even knows. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, 11 years in. <laughs> Barkley kind of did that for a while. Like, he just got on the backup train. Nah, he yeah. never really had to play, even though he had played a little and it was clear he wasn't good enough. But then, like, everyone forgets and you just get to be the backup. Yep. Uh, speaking of backups, the Colts don't really have one, it doesn't seem like. We talked about the other day, if something were to happen to Carson, get ready, Nick Foles, your phone's going to ring. That was on Thursday's podcast. Then Friday, it turns out Carson Wentz is a hurt. The, the headline I saw today, which I guess you would say is a positive, but if you're talking like this, it's not positive, is Carson Wentz uh, will rest in rehab before determining if foot surgery is necessary. Holy smokes, John. This is a disaster for the Colts. And it has made, we can talk about that in and of itself, but part of this is, is Jimmy an option for them, Garoppolo? But let's start with Carson. This is crazy. Yeah, I saw that Jeff Schwartz had a great tweet. He said, this feels like the Tommy John pitcher thing. Like, I'm just going to give it a couple weeks off on the elbow. And then like a month later, it's like, oh, he's getting Tommy John. Like, I, I just, how does he not end up getting surgery? You know, it's it's a disaster for his career. But I, I, I truly believe Chris Ballard's one of the better GMs in the league. He didn't have many options, right? He didn't know. I, I think maybe if he would have liked Justin Fields, I don't know if he did. Maybe he would have just stood pat and traded up to get him. But you didn't know that, you know, in middle of March, right? It felt like all these quarterbacks were going to go really high. He had to make a move. If Carson Wentz never plays a down for him, which I, I think would be on the table, definitely this season, who knows? I mean, I don't know if he would just get rid of him after this year, but it would be a problem for them if Carson Wentz is just like, has a terrible foot injury and just, let's say, let's just say worst case, does not play a snap. It, would you say Carson Wentz would be on the Colts next year if he does not play a snap for them this season? Depends if they like him. I think it's possible, depending on who replaces him and if they like him. Yeah. Because they would, gave up a be, third and a conditional second. So, you know, you. I think that probably makes you feel like you can kind of operate at your own speed. You don't have to do anything. Could have been worse. That's, that's my point, that they were lucky, and part of this is it was just a perfect storm, that his his stock was so poor that they could pivot if it if they just got to get off, right? They did not give up two ones and a two. Like, if if Jamal Adams or Jalen Ramsey or Khalil Mack, one of those picks or one of those trades had been a disaster, that those teams were screwed, right? Aren't the Texans a good example? Like, they traded all this for Laramie Tunzel, and then it blows up, and they're screwed. They, they lose the number three overall pick. Yeah. 
that I would say this year, what are the chances if they would have had that pick? Deshaun Watson thinks going on. Don't you think they just draft a quarterback, <laughs> right? Don't, maybe they take Trey Lance. Yeah, do they? I mean, maybe they take <laughs> Trey Lance. Maybe they. I well, remember they liked him. Trey Lance, the Colts. They, they remember, no, no, no. I, 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 I meant the Texans. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe they. I'm did. just saying. But the Colts know, did like just, him. Remember the video board? I mean, the uh, the photo oh, yeah, of they, the board behind the, Ballard where they put like what do they call it? Like the stake in the, the ground guys, next to him. or <laughs> yeah. you know the, the guys something like that, in. like. Blue it's collar. Like he, he's he's got the blue horseshoe. That's next what to we his call. Name. It. Only we, two guys had it. I put my blue collar on him, John. Um, <laughs> so, but but yeah. so, uh, yeah. I don't think the Colts are screwed for like trying to win football games. Yeah. They they are going to have at least some flexibility in ways that you don't if you trade a bunch of number one picks for them or if you paid them. A, you know, but. Could they get Philip to hang up the whistle and come back? You know, I, 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 my, it was funny when the thing happened. I said, well, we were talking about Foles yesterday. It makes so much sense. Nick is not even the backup quarterback in Chicago. We know the Colts tried to get him or were interested in him at least the year that he left the Jags and went to the Bears. Frank Reich and him are tight. Um, and, but then someone else said that. Like, well, did, would it make more sense to go get Philip? Philip might be a better player. So I would who would try, you who would you who would you rather have week one? I try to go Rivers, not. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, um, but that may not be an option. And so the you know the thing we were joking about on Thursday. Oh, watch Nick. Do you, think, is do you gonna, think he'd leave the kids? Because I don't know if he would now that he's kind of all in. It depends. Maybe he's maybe he's coaching the kids and it's like this is not doing it for me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, have you seen Billy throw? Like I can't win with this guy. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I would I would try that because it's the fastest thing. But Nick also knows the offense. Foles, I, Foles is going to parlay this into another eight million. What if Phillips showed up? He was like two seventy. <laughs> it's not like mobility is a big part of his game anyway. No. But I can't imagine Wentz when he sees if Foles walks back to that locker room. Wentz's face when he sees him. But they need something because we like. I said this when they drafted him. I did not think Jacob Eason was a guy that was going to be ready to play. He's not. Um, uh, and ne- neither is Sam Ellinger. Like, this team is trying to win right now. That They don't have the quarterback to do that if, if Wentz can't play. And then on top of that, like, even if Wentz, you kind of got to do something anyway. It's, all, it's just already off to a bad start. So a lot of people have responded when that happened to, what about Jimmy Garoppolo? Doesn't seem like an option for the Colts. Uh, and I don't. Right, you'd love for it to become an option for the Niners. It's too early to make that determination, though. If you're San Francisco, isn't it? Well, to me, there's two reasons why it's not an option. One, Jimmy makes twenty million dollars, so just right off the bat, you're paying Carson thirty-five plus. Right, he makes an enormous amount of money. That was part of the thing why a lot of teams weren't that interested. They're like, well, I don't even know if he's any good, and he makes he makes like him and Jared Goff make enormous money. They had no problem. They had a bunch of cap space, and they're like, we'll take the risk. We didn't pay that much. Now I'm going to get Jimmy Garoppolo, who won. So my two quarterbacks account for like $55 million. Jimmy, like Carson, gets hurt a lot too. Did you see they asked Jimmy? I know you watched. Because I think Trent must have mentioned this like last week. He's like, you guys don't know. Jimmy was like a quarter millimeter away from snapping that thing. And Jimmy's like, yeah, you know, we were close. Like, you know, snapping his ankle last year. But part of it is like, yeah, he he couldn't play because he had his bad ankle injury, you know, because he's also torn his ACL and he's hurt his shoulder. Like, Jimmy has some parallels with Carson, wouldn't you say, of just a guy that at any moment, like, for as sad as it was, and I do believe it was sad. Like, I'm rooting for Carson Wentz to resurrect his career because I, I want to watch the Colts. It's and, fun to watch. He's fun to watch, and they're fun to watch. It was, for as, like, 
it's always a wow when a guy has an injury. But then, was it really that wow? Like, Carson Wentz got hurt? Because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, the guy gets injured. Like, if Jimmy were to get hurt, is it really that shocking? Like no. Some guys just get hurt more than no. others. No, and that's for all the time we're going to spend talking about, does Jimmy look better than Trey Lance? Is Trey Lance gaining on him? Aside from a Colts conversation, there is also just that, which is, it may come to a point where Kyle Shanahan doesn't get to make a decision. The decision gets made for him. Now, I, if you're in the Colts' shoes, you have a lot of not great options, right? You're, you're kind of screwed. I was telling you I was watching the movie Argo the other day uh, with Affleck, where there's some uh, Iranian hostages, and he works for the CIA, and he's got to go get them out. And uh, what's the what's the actor's were, name? Were you, were you in uh, Kranzen, Brian Kranzen? Yeah, Brian Kranzen. Were you inspired to watch uh, an Affleck movie after seeing him that he's uh, gotten back with J-Lo? No, that wasn't it, but I'm fired up for oh. him. I was just stuck on a plane going through the United Airlines options and Argo was on and uh, they've got all these terrible ideas of how to extract these hostages. I guess they're not really hostages yet. They're just hiding out in Iran and they're like, oh, we'll get them some bikes and they can run 300. They can ride 300 miles to the border in the winter. And they had all these bad ideas. And the head of the CIA was like, is this the best? Is this the best idea you have? And Cranston's like, I assure you, sir, this is the best bad idea we have. By far. So these options here, when your $35 million quarterback gets hurt in August, like there are no good options. There's just bad options and less bad options because Foles gets hurt a lot. Uh, who knows what Phillips physical condition is? Maybe you could trade back for Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. But, you know, you if you draft a quarterback to be kind of ready and he ain't ready, you what are your options? Well, I was watching, uh, I was flipping around the channels like on Friday night and they must have been replaying training camp live. I had forgotten. I mean, I don't even know if I knew. Maybe I'd seen it on the ticker like during free agency, but it, it was not in my brain. Jacoby Brissett is on the Dolphins. Yeah. And then I started thinking like, well, if Tua sucks, maybe they're thinking we got a guy that might just be able to play, right? Because we might have a team that's a playoff level team. If Tua just stinks, at least we just get a guy who maybe just can just get us going, right? Like, when I saw Jacoby Brissett was on their team, I didn't think, like, he ain't playing. Remember, because how much did they pay him? They gave him a good chunk of change. Probably eight, seven, eight million dollars, I bet. Because Tua doesn't make any money. Like, I don't think they would trade him back unless they would be willing to, like, give a ton of money. Or, I mean, a, a huge draft pick, which you cannot do. You're right. They're, they're just kind of screwed. How about I, I, I think Jimmy? I think Jimmy would be way down. I, I don't hate that. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate that. Two twos? Gruden, like... Uh... Let's see here, Chris. I mean, I, I mean, I, a third. But if you're Gruden, you're like, well, I is getting a third round pick for if Derek were to go down, a guy that we think we can compete with. I don't. Who doesn't make and any money? I don't want to give this guy up. Yeah. Uh, I, can you just be given a two though when you're already kind of in with Wentz or kind of like doubling down on your investment? Right, that's already not working. You probably can't, but it depends. Like if he's got to have season-ending surgery. You were prepared to give up a two anyway because you had a conditional second attached to Carson. So, yeah, you technically don't have a two to give unless he Carson. Carson's got to be out because that's earmarked. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on uh, YouTube, uh, I had a friend that went to UW. Apparently, Easton's inconsistent, and that was in college. Yes, I'm telling you, he, he's great. He had great tape against BYU. Had to make some big throws, but he's they can't rely on him. So I mean, when when I watched him play, I just thought he wasn't a very good quarterback. Like his just, he just didn't have the instincts to play the position. And we went in the fourth. He's a physical, physically, he's huge. He's got a big arm. You know, might have been a top ten pick twenty years ago based on physicality. But what did he end up in the fourth round? 
I think. Yeah. Which I even thought was high. Yeah. It, like, I, 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 bet, I bet a lot of teams would not have drafted him. So he was a, he, I, to me, he felt like a guy that draftable player, right? Where a lot of teams would be like, listen, I, I'm not saying he won't get drafted. We just would not pick him. Like, that would have been my stance in my draft room. If Haver Middlecoff had a draft, I'd be like, listen, I'm acknowledging someone is going to draft this guy. He's just not on my draft board. Yeah, but yeah, I, don't, I think he'd be your second quarterback. And so you you draft him in a year where you've got a starter and when you've got a backup. But now you don't have any of that, and now he's the guy taking first-team snaps. Didn't Sam have the famous GIF? I mean, it was, it was like a video of like, we're back, and they won the uh, like Alamo Bowl like four years ago. Sam Ellinger, remember they won that game? Oh, yeah, he, he, did ter- he did have some swag yeah. to him. That's right. He, well, but he had the we're back, and then they always got made fun of because they actually weren't back. They just never they were won that, that good <laughs> the next like, two or three years. Texas is like, Texas wins nine games, everyone thinks. They're on the road to greatness, but hopefully Sark actually has them on the road to greatness. That'd be fun to watch. SEC, baby. All right, John, um, how about the uh, the Raiders? They need a hero. They need a hero. And maybe it's going to have to be Gus Bradley. Damon Arnett not taking first team reps. I mean, Cleveland Furl, I like you told me that today. I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do with that information. That's not breaking news. But Damon Arnett. Uh, and there had been, remember, Vic Tafer had written a while back that that be prepared for that, basically. So he warned everybody. But... Gus Bradley's got to be the make or break this thing this year on defense. You know what's funny is I had heard, maybe we talked about, I'd mentioned on the podcast over the last like six months, but someone had told me in the NFL that a huge area of contention over the last, you know, of John and Mike Mayock was that pick. Now, I don't know who wanted him, who didn't want him, just they were not on the same page with that pick. I'm not talking on draft day a year ago. I'm talking like after the 2020 season when it clearly they didn't think and they got a lot of shit for it, right? And they've gotten a lot of shit for a lot of their picks, I would say, really in the first round, beside like Josh Jacobs, who the one thing with Josh Jacobs, if you remember, uh, Daniel Jeremiah had been pounding the table, like, they're going to take Josh Jacobs. He said it over and over for like three months leading up to the draft. It was Clearly, a poorly I mean, kept Mike. secret. Yeah. And it was just, it's worked out well. The other picks have been a disaster. And can you overcome? You can overcome missed picks, right? Everyone, a third round pick, a fifth round pick, a second round pick that doesn't. Can you become? Can you overcome back to back misses in the first round? And then I do think that puts a lot of pressure on their first round pick this year, who was, would you say, pretty much the most polarizing pick of the first round? It felt like, or at least one of them, right, Leatherwood? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I would say one of them. I, I think there was so much unknown with him that I, I don't know that I would call him. The, I mean, Arnett felt like he was one of the most polarizing picks. His draft, I would say more so than Leatherwood. Would you, do you think that's true? I think that Leatherwood, like Arnett, was both for NFL people a wow, just how high he went. Not that yeah. Leatherwood was a starting tackle for Alabama, right? Arnett was a starting corner at Ohio State. So they, they, they leaned to big programs, starting players. It's never that weird. I think a lot of people viewed that guy like, couldn't you have got him at 40? Both people. And then immediately, Leatherwood, it was like, the Ravens would have taken him at 28, everyone. That was not the case you're right with Arnett. People were like, couldn't you have got Arnett in like the middle of the second? But this is what we said from the jump, that Gruden, his, his understanding of value is a huge problem. Now, anytime you change coordinators, players are in flux. It's just a nature of changing a coordinator. But 
I, you, it's one thing to have like, you know, that fourth guy in the fourth round, whatever, he couldn't make the team with his new scheme. First rounder should be pretty scheme, you know, a, a defensive end and a fucking corner, right? I mean, that's it's a problem, right? But it is what it is. Like, Tafer tweeted, these guys are running with the twos. Like, there's no, like, debate. Like, these guys just aren't starters, <laughs> you know? It's just, it's pretty... So when, when we're nitpicking, like, can they make the playoffs or can they not? And I... Unlike last year where I thought they could make a wild card, I am not going to pick them to make a wild card this year. I don't know about you, but I'm I'm pretty confident. Like, I'm not picking them to be one of the seven teams. I, I think they got Especially, a shot. I do uh, think they got a shot because of what they are offensively, but no, I, I don't think you can Are you going to pick them to make a playoff? Uh, it's, it's early. I don't think I will because so much of that is, you know, it's just saying, okay, Gus is going to save this team, which he might make them better, but they're coming from so far back. John McClain saved New York City. Can Gus save the Oakland Raiders? I guess the Vegas Raiders. You know, I, I was going to go side-by-side, side, bald Gus and bald uh, John McClain, but McClain actually wasn't bald in this movie, so he wasn't yet part of the Brotherhood. He was, I mean, it was, it was thin, right? Yeah, it was thin. I could find it for you. It uh, was like uh, I'd for- Handsome Rob. He looks good. I mean, it actually, he wore it well. Yeah. Oh, you're right. He has more hair than I thought. More than you're I did, right. too, okay. yeah. 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 I I also put him on the uh Mount Rushmore bald guys cuz once he went bald he was just Michael Jordan, John McCle- uh Michael Jordan, Bruce Willis, Bezos. I I think the fourth is Neil somewhat Armstrong. up for debate. Yeah, I I went the I went the rock. Is Neil Armstrong bald? Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, I just I the Gus Bradley thing, I I do think it just might not go well. Like they, they and it might not be his fault. Like it just might the the Chargers uh tweeted out this like, you know, and all these teams are doing it, but like a three and a half minutes of Staley, their head coach, mic'd up. Uh I, they didn't really call it mic'd up. Clearly he just I don't know if there's a mic following him, whatever. And one thing you realize, like he's the defensive coordinator. So at practice, like the offense is going, he's talking to Derwin James through the walkie-talkie. And it's just like, but also he'll be like, good job, Derwin. But he'll be like, great job, Keenan. You know, he's trying to balance it, you know, calling the defense, but like rooting on his guys because he represents the team. But you just realize all these guys are flying around. You're like, God, the chart. They're like, Kenneth Murray, get in there. He's their first-round pick from Oklahoma, the linebacker. Like they just had a lot of talent on that Charger team. Like legitimately high-end talent. I'm not even talking Bosa yet. He's coming to a team that just does not. I mean, they're depending like, Yannick can be our star pass rusher. Like, he, yeah, he has to have a bounce. Like, he's got to resurrect kind of his career because it kind of fell off a cliff, you know, for a guy that we thought was going to be like this 12 to 15 sack a year guy. And if uh, trending the wrong way, then all of a sudden pass rushers get paid. The Raiders, remember, got him for like $20 million guaranteed. That tells you like that was his market. Right. So it just, he has to be, to me, he has to be a pro bowler. And then you're just going to have to get some of these random young guys to just become established players. And anytime you depend on that, like once Fred Warner is Fred Warner, it's like, oh yeah. But I mean, for a couple of years, you didn't know, right? Or Waller turns into Waller. Like there is that unknown period that, listen, and any Raider fan would tell you, we've had a lot of hype on a lot of guys over the years that just, they don't turn into what you hope, right? <laughs> I mean... Even Khalil Mack, once upon a time, was like, can this guy do it? And then two years in, he's like, okay, he did it. Oh, but that's but what's crazy is like, they don't, you're not even talking about trying to get Deion Sanders and Reggie White here. We're just talking about trying to get some starters. Yeah, just a solid player. We, like, you know, I feel pretty good we about the that Raiders. Guy We're the trying to get some starters, John. Diehard Raider fan, Haberman. That's the crazy part. 
That's the part but that I, is. But but the one thing, even if we just don't even take Denver that seriously, which I don't, because I I've seen a lot of my timeline like Drew Lock really matured. It's like their quarterback situation is just like Drew Lock, Teddy Bridgewater. Give me a break. So okay, I'm not taking them that seriously, even though they do have a lot of talent on their team. If I the Chiefs are a powerhouse. Listen, I'm not overreacting to these Charger videos, even though they look incredible. We just know they have talent. And I think we talk about the Chargers. I know you and I did. And most people around the country did last year as they were a two or three win team. They did win seven games, right? They did actually win more games than I think the perceived. And if this coach... And they lost listen, some close I don't know games. If he's, yeah, they lost... It. All their losses for the last decade have been these crazy losses. Their coach, if he is just better than Anthony Lynn, he doesn't have to be. I know he's the favorite to win, like coach of the year. Like he's just one of those public bets, mm-hmm. right? Because people think like they might be a playoff team, and he'll be like the Stefanski of this year. To me, he doesn't even need to be that. If he's just like okay, Brandon Staley is just solid. We know their quarterback. Their offense is loaded. If Derwin James is healthy, like they got stars on defense. Like how do they have more star players than the Raiders? Now I, I don't know about the coach. And listen, it's a coaching league, it's a quarterback league. I, I trust their quarterback. I don't know about their coach. But if he is just solid, the rate that's a problem for the Raiders. Major they'll problem. Just be, they'll be good. Yep. And when I say good, I just I mean ten and seven. If the Chargers are ten and seven, like that's a problem for the Raiders, right? Because they have been kind of just dwindling in that six seven win range the last couple of years. Not to mention their schedule is not. I mean, you look. You go back and look at the way it starts. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Um, is that week one? one or two? Thing, is that week two? Pittsburgh. I think so. Yeah. Miami. Yeah, go, then the Chargers. Well, think about then the Bears. Think Broncos, about this guy. Eagles. Monday night Ravens. Who I think by the time that game comes around, you and I have talked. We think that number is probably going to get closer, like six, six and a half. Just, I think the bet is going to be just take the Raiders in the points because the. Every human being is going to take the Ravens. I listen. I'm going to bet on the Raiders that week because I think is that going to be our be lock like, of the week? We got to bring that I mean, back. I don't know if I'd go lock of the week with that would. game. Would you? No, <laughs> against the Ravens. <laughs> but I do think I do think there's going to be value there where you're just kind of shorting the masses. Because what would you? You know, sometimes like during football season when it's like the the five biggest public money, I could see that being like 98 percent Ravens. <laughs> right, getting cash. We got to look. I, I'm already pulling up the. Uh, do uh, we're gonna we're, we're not gonna do lock of the week starting in the preseason, right? We'll do that uh, starting week one. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Week. Um, there, there's some. I mean, there are some just major unknowns. Lock of the week. What are the, what's the Niners number gonna be? Seven, be my guess. I mean that you know. I mean the Rams at home. What will their number be against the Bears on Sunday Night Football? That's intriguing. Um, I'd I'd feel pretty good about the Niners minus seven in the Lions. How about Miami at New England? How many points is Miami going to be giving the Patriots on that day? Where's that game? New England. I don't hate taking New England there if they're getting like three or four points. Do you think they would or no? Uh, It feels like two to me and a half. It does feel one thing we got to keep an eye on is like a couple of preseason games. I could see some line movement happening, right? People be like, whoa, this team's an underdog. Like, I, it's hard. You know, I, I wouldn't place a bet. You can't really. I mean, you talk about like can. now. Yeah, but like you just know quarterbacks get hurt. Things can change oh, fast. Yeah. You're like, oh, yep. shit. 
All right, you want to hit some headlines, John? Some things going on in the world. Uh, obviously, the number one world and uh, number one headline in sports is that Tito's is the presenting sponsor of Haberman and Middlecoff. If you're new to this party, eh? uh, God, that is beautiful. Mm. What else? Oh, I didn't see you <laughs> getting sensual with your bottle of Tito's over there. You know, like when a guy you know wins the Finals MVP or yeah. like wins the U.S. Open, and it just he has that trophy like it's his firstborn child, and he never lets it go. That really, feel like with his I really should rent a, 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 a convertible and drive my a, my case of Tito's in the passenger seat just around town. You know, we should rent a convertible, take turns. One of us gets to sit in the back, on the back, and just you know drive down a couple of main streets. I, I spent the night at uh, Joan Middlecoff, who happens to be my mother's house last night. Uh, you know, because you got to drink responsibly. I have no, uh, I was in no form to drive. So we we ordered Woodstocks, had Woodstocks. Mm, great pizza. Uh, I don't quite remember eating that, uh, but uh, it was late. And uh, she ate with me. And then this morning, when I drove back to Walnut Creek, I was coming back on this brand new Corvette. And I'm like, God, this thing looks sweet, top down. Like, I wonder who's driving this thing. As I got... Guy, the lady driving, just lady by herself, singing out loud, was probably like 79 years old. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Just firing down the 80, singing in her in a red. I mean, this it probably was a two, three-year-old max. Like, it was a newer Corvette. Singing she Prince, you think? Rolling. Yeah, she was just jamming. That's good. That's, maybe we can borrow her. Yeah, we had her car. I waved. All right. Uh, well, we want to. Uh, Chris Bryant hit a home run today. Doesn't get much better than that. that was when you cool. acquire a guy, I hate having to wait was, when a team acquires a guy and you have to wait two days. Major League Baseball trade deadline was actually fantastic. Uh, Max Scherzer got traded to the Dodgers. Trey Turner, who I'd heard the Giants were interested in, got traded to the Dodgers. Dodgers winning today. They won. Yeah, they won thirteen to nothing. Um, uh, I almost said Chargers. Padres that's gonna be the crazy thing. Is somebody you know you got two of these three teams in the NL West going to be a wild card team uh is scherzer gonna be coming out of the bullpen in the wild card game like he did against the i guess it wasn't a wild card game remember that game when he came out of the pen for the tigers i think it was game four the alds and was just a machine but he did it for the nationals in their world series i remember in a game they you know it was like a game seven maybe in the nlcs and they brought him out did you see the story today that uh, Rocker, the rookie that the Mets, yeah, the, dude, the Mets just drafted, that he failed the physical, and they're like, yeah, we ain't more Rocker, bro. Scott Boris guy. Apparently, I didn't know this. There's a pre-draft MRI program, which, like, why would you participate in that? I imagine he did not. Right. Mo- apparently, most of the top prospects don't, and he did not. But something in there, yeah, something in the, um, they failed him. Didn't pay. Exactly. I saw John Stewart, the you know the famous guy. Obviously, you know, I mean, a lot of famous people that are from New York are either Yankee or Mets fans. Yeah. <laughs> They're actually a pretty passionate bunch. And he's like, please sign John Rocker, signed everybody. Not John Rocker, but Kumar. what's his name? Kumar, Kumar Rocker. Rocker. My, my, I, I push back. Like, if I, I listen, they want, they drafted him. They want him to be good. To me, they're clearly like something is off. I don't blame them at all. Do you? No. And also, Boris's agent, you get Boris the, is not you get taking the, two million. You get the 11th pick. Yeah, that's that's next the crazy year. part. They don't sign him. They didn't. They drafted him at ten. They just get the eleventh pick next year. Is that's if yeah. I'm the team that should be drafting eleventh next year? I'm pissed. I'm like, wait, wait. I I'm drafting twelfth now because of these guys. They didn't do their due due diligence. I mean, the guy's only thrown four million innings or whatever he's yeah, thrown to, over three years. Well, to, to me, this is the part that differentiates the NFL from the NBA and the and Major League Baseball is there's not like some random 
rookie corner that might get drafted in the first round is like, I'm not giving you my medical. They all just give it. And everyone feels comfortable or not comfortable, but you get it. In baseball and basketball, it's like, I ain't giving you shit. And then it's like, well, I got to draft you, and then I got to pay you. Like, I, We're going to do a physical is a when, tough we spot. Sign, when we yeah. draft you. Yeah. I mean, the one thing, if you play in the G League Ignite team, they get your physical. So there's that. But I think one thing is like you're going to have these guys now more and more. There's these other leagues popping up. I, I, I think we're going to see top-level college basketball or just top-level basketball prospects play less AAU basketball. I remember a, an, a current NBA coach told me uh, last year, he was around the college game at the time, that guys are coming in the league with like the knees of eight-year vets, basically, because of all the, the just the volume of basketball they play. If you're the next Kumar Rocker, you're going to play three years of college baseball? I I don't know, man. Now, you could obviously just come out of high school, but may, is there going to be a middle ground for some of these guys who are like, I'm going to not go pro right away because maybe I think I can be a top-level pick, but I'm also not just taking the ball every Saturday for three years and, like, <laughs> yeah. playing the post. You know, it's awesome. Like, Vanderbilt was a big deal. He was pitching high-stress innings. But, man, that sucks because, like, how rare is it I know you're, if you just walked into your local grocery store and was like, Kumar Rocker, no one know what you're talking about for the most part. But you are you don't have to be a hardcore baseball fan like you do for most draft picks to know who this guy is. And the Mets draft him, and he's kind of got, he's kind of famous relative for baseball prospect fame coming in the draft. And then he just is going to, I mean, we're already, we're going to have to wait four years for him, even if it was going good. I It sucks. And maybe he would have come out of the it. pen this year. It's happened before. Brandon Finnegan did it for the Royals a few years ago after they the same year they drafted him at TCU. Oh yeah, good point. That does suck. So it actually just it just hit me because Lakeup told Anthony Slater some shit, which I the internet was crushing him because he was basically giving them their scattering reports. That both these guys were in our top ten. Obviously Kaminga was, but like hyping up Moody, like we never thought we'd get him at fourteen. And he was like listing like it was crazy when this. You know, Giddy goes six. We didn't expect that. He's just like crushing other teams and just saying random shit. Listen, having been around general manager in real life and then like you watch him talk to the public, it's like two different human beings. I had this experience just texting with a couple guys that I worked with with the Eagles that are now on different teams. And it's like, how does so-and-so look? How does so-and-so look? And every other text like, this guy looks like shit. Like we're terrible here or this guy's awesome. But you get like raw and real stuff. Whenever you watch these press conferences, for the most part, it's pretty PC and not really touch it on much, right? Every guy so, they got yeah, where they wanted to get them. And they yeah, never talk about I, anybody else's players. But I even, yeah, they never, but I just even mean like talking about your own guys. It's just all kind of cliche, just in sure. general. And most coaches, general managers, and owners are like that. In fairness, because it's not worth getting caught up in your words, Joe Lacob does not give a flying fuck, guy. No. Like he will just say whatever he believes and whatever he thinks. He when he laid on the table, part of the reason no one ever does that because you don't want to look like, well, damn, you had that guy that high. Well, yeah, we did, and we took him. So we'll find out. But I was just thinking, like, I during the season, the the G League Ignite team was in Walnut Creek, and they practiced at, and I got to know one of Jalen Green's guy. We actually went to get cocktails one night, and I was going to go watch him practice one day, but I just ended up not going. But if I and he's like, hey, you want to come watch? I'm working him out. You want to come watch Jalen just you know, go through his workout. And uh, I, I ended up not going, but if if that access to me, can you imagine the access that the Warriors had with these guys in their backyard using Curry's gym to watching Kaminga and Green, especially before they even knew where their pick was going to be? Think how much the inside access they had with them in their backyard, right? 
Yeah, although I do think most of these teams, yes. But I also think these teams have access to guys wherever they are. 100%, Beyond but I'm just saying allowed. like, 100%. But my point is like, Kaminga was a pretty polarizing guy. Like if he was an NFL player, he would have been the most polarizing guy in the draft, I think. Like whoever that guy is in the NFL. Like a guy that's going to go in the top five or ten, that everyone is just split. Like, do you want him? Do you not? It's usually a quarterback. They just would have had, like, they got to probably sit around with them. They'll never admit this because they get in trouble. I would guess, you know, spend some time with them. Again, guy in their backyard when they knew they were going to have a like a double-sided glass office that looks down onto the court? That type of thing. So I, yeah, I'm just excited. It's hard to to get to know prospects. Right. And so if you, and when I say get to know, I don't mean like sit down and talk to them for 15 minutes in their draft suit, but it's hard to really get to know people. Right. And one 30 minute conversation, you don't know somebody. No. And who in their right mind is not going to be on their best behavior as a young kid or around their agent when they're interviewing with their future employer that's going to pay them a ton of money. Can you imagine? I, I don't think that gets talked about enough that just, it's a very, and I remember going to the combine when I was in the league and just everyone's on their best behavior. Everyone's standing up straight. Like, you are an outlier or you stand out in a bad way if you're not acting the part, right? If you're not like looking people in the eye, shaking their hand, like saying the right thing. So it's even hard to differentiate between like Russell Wilson. Is he the best human ever? Or it's like everyone's kind of acting like yeah. that. Now, maybe he was above and beyond, but it's not a pass it's just, fail. It's just a fail. Like either fail or nothing fail. happens. You don't think yeah. anything of it. Well, I, you know, since you like when, like when Ruben like shoved the chick, remember, I was like, that probably should have been a red flag. He's not touchable. Um, the Foster Indianapolis yeah. combine. Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking. I'm not taking a piss test. <laughs> like, how about the Giants acquiring Chris Bryant? It's this Farhan thing. It's, I mean, to call it a success is an understatement. But like, all you ever want, I think, is a team with some money. You want to win, but you also want stars. And I think sometimes when it comes to analytical teams, and obviously far more of them now, I mean, everybody has analytics. That's a phrase that's old, you know, an analytical team. But, like, to be able to do both, you know, which is what the Dodgers do, it's what the Red Sox have done, it's what the Yankees are trying to do, like, those types teams, it's the best of both worlds. And they've yeah. got a, I don't know if it's a flair for the dramatic, but they got the guy, it doesn't happen that often, just all the fans want a guy, and that's the guy you get. And, but, but it's not a front office that operates with public pressure as one of its, you know, parts of the formula. It's pretty rare that something works out like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have to spend some money this offseason, right? Buster Posey's going to be a free agent. To me, he's getting three for 90. You know, Chris Bryant, what's he costing minimum? 150? Yeah, you might not sign him, but... But I'm just saying, like, they they are going to have to dip their toe into spending some cash this offseason immediately. Some pitching. Which is cool. I mean, pitching. they should. I mean, they, they have the money. They're fucking incredible. I don't know how they're doing it. I really don't. But they just keep kicking everyone. They just took two or three from the Astros. It's just... It's incredible to watch. It really is. I don't, I just, I'm baffled every time I watch it, but it keeps working. Now, I'm not baffled like watching Posey hit or Brian hit a home run, but some of the like, just rough. It just the hits collect. one in this, you know, seven, you know, seven deep in the seats. You're like, what? The, How, how's this possible? The, the collective of it. All right. So our next podcast is going to be on Tuesday after we go to Niners practice. And, um, well, she tell you what time that thing starts? You know, 10, I, you know, I was, I do not have the official start time on that yet. I think it's like ten fifteen. So, but afternoon. Yeah. Afternoon pod. You're saying, yeah. 
Yeah. So that'll be that'll be the next thing to watch for. And uh, as always, you know, look, share it with your friends. Get out there. You got you got something to support. Hopefully, we made this one easy on you. Something you would have uh, done anyway. It's something we were drinking anyway, and so it's great to have the partnership with Tito's. We appreciate everybody being here for the. Um, not just we definitely every every time you order Tito's sodas, Tito cocktail, anything, tweet at us, Instagram, us link us, DM, yeah, send us photos. Whatever you want to do it, Facebook yeah. page, send us photos. Uh, yeah, let keep us, keep us in the loop. Keep us in the yeah. loop, and let us know where keep you're doing it too. By the way, somebody hit me up the other day, or not the other day. Somebody mentioned this earlier. Uh, Grandpa Pat says, "Who's delivering the pizza? Go Team Ham." I mean, you know we got to go Pink Onion. They have. A ham pod pie on Matt. Speaking of like really successful, impressive listeners, one of another many. Matt's got pink onion pizza. Go get your pink onion pizza. They have the ham pod pie. I think he's got, he might have a Jimmy Garoppolo on the menu. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that might get traded away for the Trey Lance. So, anyway, I just want to mention Chris Bryant. He's been a uh, longtime supporter. So, yeah, man. Anything else you got to say today? I mean, I'm just excited, guy. I'm excited for life. I'm excited for Tito's, and I'm excited for some more Tito's. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Great football season ahead. Thanks to uh, all of our partners, like ButcherBox.com slash Ham, DraftKings, and the presenting partner of football season on Haberman and Middlecoff, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Wrong sleeve. (laughs) Not a a big muscle to show. (laughs) Later. Later, buddy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.